0: Hey everybody, welcome to That Photography Podcast, I'm Bruce Smoil, and I am still in Melbourne with um, George... I always say Gano with your name, but it's not actually how you pronounce it. It sounds like a rash or something. Uh, Ganyo. Ganyo. Well, the rash of Ganyo and... (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, we haven't been drinking. Um, (laughs) It might sound like it by the end of the show. And we also have, um, I suppose you're ex-Tasmanian originally. Were you originally? Yeah, Um, Mark Scott. Now, we've only got two microphones and three people, so it might be a bit of passing passing the mics around. But Mark is now here eating his ice cream, so we better (laughs) let him go with that. (laughs) Yeah, that's how we roll here as photographers. We don't drink beer, we eat ice cream. (laughs) Oh, ice cream with whiskey in it. Um, yeah, so I don't know where we where were we going to go with this. So it was just a general talk about shit, and <laughs> really am losing it already. Um, my, oh, I suppose we better get a bit of background on Mark. Um, you, you've we'll pass your microphone. Like, just us a rundown for for people who don't know. Mark Scott, by the way. Uh, oh. What 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 you do?
1: Oh, okay. Um, essentially, um, I started bring the to... mic to your mouth. I'm oh, sorry. Um, essentially, um, I started photography around about four years ago. Um, at the time, um, uh, actually, no, I take that back. Um, I was in Afghanistan, and I ended up buying lots of equipment because I had a lot of excess money at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I bought all this equipment, didn't know how to use it, and then I started um, a couple about a year down the track from that. I started using my equipment and. So, so you're,
0: product- you're basically uh, a tax fi- um, taxpayer-funded photographer. Oh, definitely, kind
1: of definitely, you know, um, but yeah, I was doing full-time uh, military and pretty much full-time photography, well, you know, I'm trying to learn how to do it yep. uh, for quite some time, and then um, around about two years ago, I quit being in the army and I started doing um, photography professionally, and of course, uh, the first year was tragic. I was pretty much homeless, (laughs) living on a couch for quite a period of time. And then, and now it's got to the point where I've got myself a a little studio in Collingwood and started doing a little bit more commercial work, Um, predominantly glamour, but I'm leaning towards more fashion and and stuff in the near future, hopefully.
0: So I don't my, know Mark initially from photography. I know you from, well, because we went to uni together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting time, yeah, <laughs> which I back, don't remember much of. <laughs> uh, were you it. at the bar all the time, were you? Yeah, pretty much three times a week. <laughs> and then the other times a week, I was probably down at the halls of residence. I wasn't actually in, in the lectures or anything. So so
0: that's why you went to the army. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, um, I don't know. We're, we're just talking about all sorts of stuff. So you're, um, you're well, like, you're in Townsville. You're doing glamour and stuff like that. Sort of yep. how this is the full circle. I, I, we knew each other from uni and Facebook. You're starting your journey. Yeah, and then you said, look at Georgia stuff, and then.
1: Um, yeah. I'm not too sort of sure how George and I met initially. I know that he had some really good work, and um, somewhere along the lines, we uh, started talking to each other um, about. I don't know. I, how did we meet, George? Um, actually, that's a good question. I don't remember.
0: The corner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, that's I know, right. I that's know when
1: we officially <laughs> met was through um, through Bruce. He, um, Bruce was staying at George's place, and I had never met physically met George before. Yeah, but we were talking before that. Yeah, for about a year, year and a half.
2: It couldn't have been through Carl, was it? Maybe.
1: No. Anyway, we digress <laughs> <laughs> as, as we will through that entire conversation. Kind of, entire. Wait, I forgot where this
2: was going. Where were we going with this?
0: Well, I'm just saying that was sort of the full circle. I met... I knew Mark, his sort of glamour journey, and then you guys sort of met each other. Glamour <laughs> glamour <laughs>
2: that sounds a lot worse than what it actually is.
0: Well, I know you're a big fan of Kiss and that, so you know, like the paint and the spangles.
2: <laughs> but I guess that kind of goes back to um, what we were talking about in the earlier podcast was that I think it was since... Scott you were I knew you were friends with Bruce that it was somebody that I could trust in that inner circle of friends I guess you can say Um, so yeah I think as we started chatting it was more like a a bunch of retouching wasn't it something very similar to that Um, yeah because I remember you you followed my work uh, and we would just have chats about retouching and how to uh, do different types of retouching because I think at the time you were still exploring it, but then um, as of late, it seems like you've kind of surpassed, Well, uh, well from my my
1: understanding of retouching anyways. <clears throat> well, what happened to it, got to the stage where I learned how to do incorrect methods um, or well, <laughs> methods not in the high-end sense for sure. probably about two, two and a half years, three years. And I, I felt... I have felt like ripped off really because of, um, in the past year, year and a half, I've started um, being more associated to the groups of the higher end um, retouched, such as N- Natalie uh, oh, apologies, I can't use a mic. Um, and I've got a lot more understanding on the high end techniques that they use. And right. so when I get criticized for my work, it's criticized at a world level. Yeah. These are the people who um, retouch first things right. like Vogue, um, l stuff like that um one of the guys that i look up to he um recently one of his recent clients shot like adele and Mm, stuff like that mm. so but um it it goes in this circle as well like i respond more with people with quality work right who have a lot of passion for what they do and wish to improve right uh, in whatever facet of photography retouching uh creativity and yeah it's not just within photography; it's the same in makeup, within fashion. And I'm a totally changed person. Like I was in the military, you know, right. shooting weapons, like wondering what I'm going to do at the gym and stuff. Which, by the way, I still do the gym. But, um, <laughs> oh, we've but, seen the we've seen the images. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but now I'm like hanging to watch Next Top Model, and <laughs> yeah, and I want to know the latest makeup and. And when I see, like, I literally was talking to a stylist in a cafe, and she brought out a book on clothes, and I my jaw dropped. <laughs> and I wouldn't have thought me doing that like two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, I would ever be thinking about stuff like that. But yeah. now I'm looking at like colors, patterns, styles, brands, um, makeup. Yeah, and they're the type of people I'm associating with, and that's all through photography. So
2: yeah, I think that's a common that's a common theme. It seems that um, once you get bit by the photography bug you um you eat breathe and sleep photography at least i, I know that's was my case for two out of my three years and just out of the last maybe uh six to eight months i've kind of dialed back but yeah i'm the same way when i th- would think about the hobbies i used to have um you know just running and lifting weights and you know you guys blo- make me feel like a fat blo- blo- blokey type stuff <laughs> Um and then you know fast forward into photography and I'm get excited about textiles and going to uh Lin was it Lincraft <laughs> so I can go look at the different types of lace they have.
0: <laughs> I was at a workshop yesterday with Vicky Papavis, who um who's an amazing um stylist and everything and photographer and she talking about fabric and different weights and stuff and I'm just like <laughs> oh man this is going to this is another rabbit hole this is going to be so bad. And my and my partner's just going to be like you want to go to Spotlight? Are you crazy? You hate it
2: there.
1: <laughs> They're like, this is a two for one glitter sale. I got to get there now. You got to get there. <laughs> glitter, the, 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 glitter, the herpes of um, beauty, I've been told. Because of, once you do a shoot with glitter, you will find it like years down the track in all different places around the house, in your car, uh, on clothing. You've been to my studio, haven't you? Because <laughs> of the herpes or the glitter? Glitterbase. <laughs> <Pretty bizarre. laughs>
0: Oh, no. I don't know if we're going to be setting the level at a high <laughs> pace for this podcast, but we're getting there. We'll, <laughs> well start
1: low, and then we'll probably just stay low. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, since we got into, um, with, with you hanging with Vicky the other day, Bruce, why don't you tell us a little bit about the APP Awards, um, um, your experience APA, this time around.
0: A- Appa? I, I, I might get a, Um, They might... I'll talk about it in one way here because I know that um, Ed will want to talk to me about it in another in a show mm. when I get back. Um, it's interesting. From a, a Australian Professional Photography Awards is like all, all it's the, the big one for the um, Australian Institute of Professional Photography. So it's where everybody, all the people from around the country and some internationals, turn up and get their work judged. And most of us walk away heartbroken. <laughs> um, I've, I'm discovering. Not as heartbreaking as I thought I would be, but pretty close. Um, but yeah, they they've rolled it into the four, four days of judging with a trade show and workshops. Um, so it's five days of five six days of stuff, and um, I've only this is day technically day two, um, even though there was a Friday night thing. Um, so we i've done a couple of different workshops um between judging and vicky pappas uh if you haven't seen her work go look it up it's she's astounding um i don't know much about her um but i've learned that she's a she owns a salon she's a hairdresser by trade who um she's only sort of house sort of you know four or five years ago really started shooting for herself hmm. um just as a hobby and that but styling and that and she's just got this amazing look to her work um so I did an hour and a half with her just going through her thought process and spray painting things and making things up and that and um and th- yeah just the textiles like because i like texture um in my work but I generally artificially make a lot of texture but she's making texture organically so she's which is really quite interesting and
2: if I'm not mistaken she designs a lot of her stuff as well
0: most of it isn't really well it's designed but it's not um it's not couture or anything like that where it's meant to be worn
2: outside of a yeah it's wearable art
0: it's a wearable art Mm -hmm. yeah um and so and i had a model there um burlesque dancer and, uh, and performer and yeah and just went through some basics on it and it just sort of got me clicking like working with different style of models more be more deliberate about who i'm working with and things like that but also like if i want to do more texture screw trying to do it in digitally because it's probably too lazy like well i can do it it's fine but if i want to um take myself to the next level or find something new i should start looking at making my own textures Mm. either photographically to be laid in later a bit i do a little bit of that but i don't do it nearly as much or actually start you know even if it's just for the background not even on the model you know start start thinking a bit more creatively about that not be so lazy maybe i don't know if it's lazy but you
2: know yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the whole idea of when when we do a shoot and we you look at the image and say, Oh, I could fix that in Photoshop <laughs> It's kinda of the same premise try, where it's like yeah. you can do it without fixing it in Photoshop. Or if you can do it without fixing or doing it in Photoshop, then do that.
0: Yeah, well I gotta admit when I come into an image on which I then I process, I don't have that in my brain. Like hmm. I have like the basic retouch in my brain but I don't have. I want to throw that particular texture in that. I I'm very much like, all right. I got to that point. I'm a bit bored of that background. What can I do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't go. I'm taking the photo, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put that thing with that thing with that thing, and I'm gonna create that. It yeah. Doesn't happen. I. It sort of make it later.
1: Yeah. This leads into um the whole workflow and work process and the way you go into a shoot as well. Like the, the amount of differing, um styles that are out there and like we all us three have three very different ways of that yeah. we shoot like totally different ways that we shoot um some of us are more prepared others are more unorthodox um but you well, know i guess bruce is that. the unorthodox one I, I'm, I'm not too sure like i i think bruce has got a lot more traditional um yeah, ways of shooting than that, what i do i guess that, uh, that leaves me the unorthodox one. <laughs> 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 I, I must admit last time we got together as a group. Um, George was going to go shoot at the beach, and one of his models mentioned, uh, "Can you shoot outside? Oh, yes. oh, can you actually shoot outside, yeah. or do you have to be in a, a room with a window?" Well, that, well <laughs> like that, the one-dimensional man we called it. Well, that,
2: that that goes back to that conversation we were having, Bruce, where uh, I got I. I not essentially crippled myself by shooting in that a condo, that condo and the, for a year, and it wasn't that I couldn't shoot outside of that, but everyone wanted to shoot there, and so it was, well, it was that. a fabulous when, location. It's great, but <laughs> this was one of those instances. I knew it was coming, and it came it just came a bit earlier than I thought. And is this instance was Mark was talking about where this model messaged me when I did TFB casting and. And she said, I have this great idea with this flowy gown on a, on a sand dune or something, just outside. But it's outside, so I didn't want to propose it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, that's, that's, I had a little that's bit of a That's so
0: delay. different. It was like, I've got this, like, this nude image idea. I didn't want to propose I don't think you shoot nudes. But no, <laughs> yeah. this is... I don't yeah. know if you can use the
2: sun, <laughs> dude. I, like, you need yeah. a window between you that's, and the sun. That's basically what it came down to. And, I, you know, I tried to put myself in her shoes and I was like yeah that's a that's a valid um concern but I uh, yeah I had a good laugh about it and told her that it'd be fine stepping outside
0: <laughs> he, he went and bought some box specialty. Yeah. <laughs> I just
2: got a really big uh, transparent tarp and <laughs> set that up oh, was with It with a window <laughs> yeah how do you get behind the scenes it's actually like you built a window on the beach yeah. <laughs> actually I just brought in sand and put it in the living room <laughs>
0: But, okay, but your journey, Mark, has gone more, I, I know you shoot still and that for yourself, but you've very much gone into retouching. Like, you, uh, yeah. your focus has been crazy, particularly in the last six months. Okay,
1: this, people have their different learning curves um, in the way they improve. And what happened was I was really bad at shooting at the start. So when I first started shooting, I was, I was terrible. I was absolutely horrendous. Um I admit to it now and I don't know how good I, don't I am. I I
0: was perfect when I yep. first started. But
1: um the, but the way <laughs> I'm just going backwards. The way I saw it was, hey, I could do a lot of post processing to make it a lot better. And that's generally what happened. And then I got to a stage where my bottleneck I thought wasn't my retouching. I thought it was you know, the the bomb dig, which it wasn't, it was absolutely terrible. But um um, so I started learning I um, started doing better with photography um, so you, you have this there is a very good chart out there about learning I mean improvement your improving curve on photography and it's like you'll get to a point where it's be your equipment you'll get another, another point and it'll be your uh, post-processing or you'll get another point and it'll be your photography and it's, it's actually quite accurate um, but attitude yeah. is on there as well
0: isn't it yeah, yeah ego yeah. And deflating and inflating Ugh yeah
1: but um yeah i i love retouching i spend a majority of my day um either studying it doing it or talking about it with um, other creatives around the world who are extremely good at it so i throw my stuff up in the local um groups um and they think oh yeah it's all good i throw it up into these other ones and they tell me how bad it is <laughs> so um it's just that thing you've got to you've got to work um based on the best in the world and not what your local peers do and and i'm a very technical person i do it while i shoot um extremely technical for each genre that i shoot um but when i retouch it's um i i assume it's to a decent standard but um i i take around about hour and a half to two hours per edit and i do it you know pixel level tonal i yeah, I dodge burn. I color correct. I color grade. I do all.
0: You avoid frequency separation like the plague now.
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, it's, th- More, it's a useful yes. tool. It is. There's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Um, the problem is, it's become the fad where it's easy to do. So it's like the one trick pony, and so you know, so people, you know, who are really really good tend to snob against it and people who aren't tend to you know say it's the bees knees there is a time and a place what what, what, was
0: was that george (laughs) i uh i do (laughs) (laughs) frequency
1: there's a a time and a place
0: i have to admit i i i uh, was talking to a photographer today who's very very Mm. high-end photographer and that's his go-to yeah so it, it I think it just depends on how you use it, like any tool. It is,
1: it is. Like it can be misused, um, which causes like the whole band pass of an image. And and it's because essentially you're filtering the image. Yeah. Um, So that's what it is. There's a separation between the two frequencies, the micro micro contrast frequency, which is the texture layer, and then the colored layer. Um, if anything that you put in between is a filter between it that which smooths the transition, unfortunately it um it smooths between the tones and the colors, and so it, it gives an artificial oil painting. Is um I don't
2: use it very much anymore. Actually, can't. I can't remember the last time I used it, but mm. I do like oil painting looks. The, I I would equate it not not that I'm a makeup artist or anything, but I would think it's much like makeup foundation. Um, where it's gradual build-up. Um, just like dodging and burning, you don't set everything to 100% and then just dodge and burn the crap Ooh, out of everything. Makeup. This, for, is, a, this for, is an
1: interesting topic for you guys. Yeah. For makeup artists, um, I'm very particular. I like makeup artists who have the higher-grade makeup, which mm. they apply less of it, but it's a lot heavier, so that keeps lot right. the texture within the skin. Um, when you do TFP and it's like literally a yeah. um, dime a dozen for however many makeup artists you use or whatever, yeah. they, um, some will just put lots, cake it on, it'll be low quality and it'll just sit on top of the skin and you'll lose texture. Whatsoever. So it's
2: kind of like an alien skin filter.
1: <laughs> uh, pretty much. Which some people use. So I don't. guess
2: that analogy goes out the window. But mm. I, it, it, the, the fundamental behind it for when I use frequency separation, um, it's that I know that i are working at uh, a low uh, opacity um, so that when I'm brushing it in, it, it is a build-up. Um, it's not one of those things. I know I know what the final product will look like based off of the settings that I have on my it's brushes. It's very
1: stylistic. I believe yeah. it's a very stylistic yeah. way and of it, using something. Right, and
2: it's not something... Yeah. And it's, it's quite relative, because with what I do, a lot of the shoots I do, um, they're not... A, that's not beauty work, and B, it's not micro work and see it's not any type yeah. of really close up work that's the close that's up when most. I do close up work um more than likely I'll be doing most of it's in dodging and burning.
1: exactly like uh like 80% of glamour yeah. um work is um they use bandpass they use um yeah. um they use frequency separation in that way yeah. um you know it, it doesn't have to be at that high level, level so you're right there is a time and place for everything yeah. um and um It shouldn't really be used in beauty work at all, um, but it is quite common to be used in fashion, not at a high level fashion, but just for fashion in in general. Um, Again,
2: you're not getting that that kind of... um that detail with the pores and everything when you're looking at a lot exactly. of fashion stuff.
1: Exactly, like it's from a distance, right? And but that's, um,
2: that's why I shoot. Per- that's why I'm, I'm on purpose it's at a three-quarter length, <laughs> so that so that I don't have to do a lot <laughs> like of dodging and full burning body pictures. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From a distance in the corner and with a lot of negative space.
1: Like the way all three of us shoot is totally different. I crop in. I'm a really tight shot. Um, right, George. Um, you've got that whole window thing out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try to blow out all the
2: imperfections with yeah. backlighting
1: <laughs> yeah that works though yeah um, and actually you've got probably the most um, Bruce has probably got the most um, variation in his work out of all oh, of us oh 100% yeah like yeah. a lot of us a lot of people will look at my work and they'll go like that's Marx. And Yeah, and then I'll look at George and they go that's George yeah
2: they yeah. look at mine and just go what's that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's what I remember when
2: Bruce said he wanted to take Um, my workshop. And what I tend to do is go and look at their... I go and look at people's... I I look at people's work. What? What What the hell is... I don't know. (laughs) No, it's actually the opposite. I looked at your work and I was thinking, well, I don't know what this guy wants me to show him. It's it's one of those things that I'm like, well, he has quality work. But then it was that, just that as I looked more and more, I was thinking, okay, well, he does do a lot of studio work. So if he's... It's something that he's wanting to learn to to do natural lighting. That's something I can show him. But at the same time, when I see somebody with high caliber of work, I think to myself, still, what what can I show this person? Because when you know that knowledge, I guess I I just assume that, okay, well, you can just take what you know and bring it outside. But then I think, okay, well, have I done much studio no so when I do in the studio it takes me about an hour to do what these two can do in like five minutes so um, yeah it's relative it's relative to what we do
1: when I, when I first came around to his studio in Tasmania and he showed me his like, body of work like mm. this this and that and I, I was literally blown away um, and he asked me to show him some like um, some retouching stuff and I was looking at his work going like do I really need to show him like this stuff um because of he gets it like you know seventy five percent each and then <laughs> the rest of it is. Um, but it's very it's deliberate. Seventy nine. Yeah, seventy nine. <laughs> lower, 79. lower kick. Silver. Yeah. Silver. Silver. Silver so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Apparently, I got in trouble for not saying distinction at the end. Indeed. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he's um, Bristol works amazing. Um, but it is the most varied because if he does. I get bored,
0: (laughs) and 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 I think the problem is is that I I see a concept and I and I and I go oh I want to try that, and it may be something totally different to the last thing I've done, but it is building on knowledge from previous things. So um, the rain shoot I did recently, like I've done smoke and stuff before, and and I've actually walked around. I've done street shoots not with models, but just, you know, street photography in the pouring rain Mm. and and looking at light and that. I did that ages ago and I've actually got some of those printed up in the wall at home. But um, it still took me, what, three hours. And I think I commented about this in in the show, which is coming, which you guys haven't heard, but it's coming out soon. Um, Where I just, I lost a part of my knowledge because i hadn't done it in such a long time and it took me three hours for it to click again so it was one of those things where i need to go and do different things all the time to keep that bit of knowledge it's not disappeared but i need to be able to access it again the
1: practical application of that yeah exactly It, it does get lost it's like anything um like soccer players um afl players musicians if you don't practice your trade of what you do even though it's it's there you can well there it
0: might be that like so i'm gonna be doing a really crap analogy here but it's like if you play sport and they, like say you play soccer and there's a particular tr- trick shot which you never use but it's kind of fun but you only use it once in the very blue moon you may not be able to pull it off every single time, unless you unless you're that copy pasted. That's, that's, that's
1: me with photography. Obviously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're a spray and pray,
1: and the fixing right. and post. <laughs> I wish I, I'm not too sure I can do it either right now. No. Um, actually, no, that was a crap analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, leading into a totally different tangent, which we always do. Um, so. Um, do you guys have any series of images or, or ideas that you guys have like come up with and actually followed through and then oh, I've, I've done a series of this over a period of time? And... Series? Yeah, because if I, I, I'm coming up with a concept soon and it's like, oh, I'm not afraid to say it, but like it's about, you know, the macro lip art. Work that oh, I'm gonna do, and, and it's ye- like a series that I'm like, oh yeah, look, I want to get like 12 images of this series and just have it like a series. Yeah, there's actually and one
2: series I w- I've been wanting to start since last year before I took hiatus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to divulge too much, but it's actually based off the idea is based off of a children's book, and um, I actually came out came out. Was, I can't even say I came out with the idea it's basically the same idea as a children's book which I actually heard about on a podcast I don't know why how it came up um, but it's basically the same concept as a ch- children's book but I'm gonna have it related to photography oh, that's, okay. that's all I can really say right now because I haven't started it yeah. but I'm actually gonna start so a whole this is, new this is where
1: I'm coming from like yeah. in my head there are all these series of things I wish to do but oh, I never think to follow through with it I always just go oh I'm gonna do this so I'm yeah. gonna do that and is it the difficulties that you have doing it is like obviously you come up with an idea, and like I tend to not do things that are so elaborate and planned. Yeah. I just sort of do them. So um, it's hard when I like want to do a series of things. And this yeah. is why I was going to ask you in reference to that when you were talking about Vicky and, and how I like, have everything really well planned and for um, all these like professionals that come up with a massive series and stuff. Do you feel that is that what you're. I don't mission? know.
0: I, me, um, initially when I, I started shooting after I met George, and that, and my brain was um, just, I want to be able to shoot and create a story within images, like like just editorial. Like I, I want to have five or six images with a hero shot or whatever, which with fashion or whatever I'm doing, which go together. Um, and I actually kind of find it fun playing with layouts just yep. for myself, like um but actually creating something over a period of time like a lot of photographers do like um a good example is with the aipp they've been documenting all the surviving um world war Two veterans um across that's, the country yeah, cool. before they all pass away yep uh and i think it's close to completion um and that's like that's a massive group effort like that's really cool but a lot of people do personal journeys as well and the closest i've ever come to it and it's not even been because of a thought it but it, it could be done is if i go back to when i started and my roller derby photos there's probably a story in one my actual level of competency changing but also The teams which I was photographing for those three years. Oh yeah. Um, But I've never really thought about it that hard. Um, But with my own artwork, it's always been kind of that portrait thing where you want to get that one image. But my thinking has been over the last eight months or even even longer than that that I want to create a collection of work which goes together. But I'm not sure how to do
1: it yet. Mm, Okay. It's, it's weird the terminology used as well you went my artwork whereas i could never hear myself say that i'd be going like my photography but you said you said it without a blink you went yeah my artwork um yeah i the, think so, there was, was f- a
0: fundamental change a while ago when i got signed to a, a gallery because they were like oh you, you do fine art stuff because the stuff i was doing like my contortion stuff and the gut and the things i've been doing with um quite outside there there's one which is fully contorted person into it looks like an egg and stuff like that and it doesn't fit in photography genre at all in, in a narrative sense to me but it is it is photography so when I had my friends and artists around me talking about my artwork I think I've just taken it in over the period of time and it's just now what I call it which is funny because that transition is actually been fairly quick compared to me actually calling myself a photographer, which took three years. <laughs> I really didn't want to be called a photographer.
1: <laughs> uh, it's an interesting title, you know. I I don't know.
2: I think that's one of those debates, the long-lived debates. It's just the like, same thing as like film versus digital and, and uh, natural light versus strobe. It's one of those things that...
1: It's it's funny in groups when I like make teams up and they say, what would, know, you know, they go, you're the follower. Now I said, I'm the guy that clicks the button. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much what I do.
2: But sometimes, I mean, uh, yeah, I could see what, uh, where the skill comes into play, but I've had teams, not even teams sometimes, just models in general, where they're so good at doing what they do that it, I really am just pushing a button because yeah. they, they actually know what light they should be. Um, and, and how they should be standing and the range of motion that they're allowed within that given light. Yep. And so at that point, really, I am just saying, okay, well, how do you want me to frame you? <laughs> or, yeah. you know, you're using my eye because you like my the eye that I have. But even then, they know how I take pictures. So how much of that is actually me? And, you know, how much is them? And, and to me, some some models I've shot with, it seems like it's like ninety nine percent them and yeah. just one percent me. I
1: uh, I totally agree. I um I've got my light set up to do beauty lately, and I shot, uh, recently with a a girl who um came what third or second runner up in Miss Globe, mm. and she just came back from Thailand, from like their trip and literally after i set the light up she just nailed it every single time she every time she knew where to pose and all that and i did nothing but the time before that i shot with a girl who'd only shot like twice and so i had to give her the whole brief and how to do this how to do that how to um, do the function and then micro calibrate her during the poses and whatnot yeah so there is there is a fine line when you get to the point of where based on the talent and the the level that you're working with mm-hmm. where you do a lot less of the work yeah. and it's actually a um, collaboration between yeah. creatives with this um, who are, have subject matter expertise yeah. in whatever they do.
2: Well we, we were just talking about that the other night I believe because it was going back to that whole thing where when you're working with a high, high caliber model or main board model it's, at that point that's their job so they're paid to to look after themselves physically so their skin is yes. going to be pretty flawless yes. um you know minus minor breakouts you know normal normal breakouts um they're tend to be either physically fit or you know the the size six slash eight um model because they have to be like yeah exactly. that's what I, clients um, pay them to I'm, do i'm
1: i'm totally upfront with a lot of models yeah. who do that we when they are under the impression they go to, they approach you and they say, you know, we want to do a photo shoot. Um, can you do a photo shoot with me? And I, I say things like, um, I, say, I say, what yep. size are you? Uh, what are your stats? You know, yep. comp card issues. And a lot of them, like some of them never shot before or whatever, they'll go, oh, you know, why do you need all that? And I say, well. Yeah. You know, I've spent four years of my life nearly every single day studying what I do. And I constantly, like, study and train, you know, up to 12 to 16 hours a day in what I do. And so, like, I put a lot of passion and hope um, into it. Um, as a model, you have a particular role. And so, for, within that role, you need to maintain a certain um, uh, aesthetic, physique, yes. aesthetic yeah. um, look. Um, and for that, you need, you know, obviously, you need to eat well. You need to exercise, uh, you need to take care of your um, skin, um, your nails, your hair. Um, So we all have our job roles. Um, We're all put in through time, effort and costs. Um, And so for me to say, look, you're not suitable for a particular shoot and for them to be offended over it. um, They shouldn't be upset with me. They should be upset with themselves for not being up to that stretch. But that,
2: that's that's normal that I've I've found over the years is that, and this was going back to when I was talking to Bruce um, a while back, or an um, episode ago, that people have to be realistic. So there's a huge difference between if you you, you know people people say I shot with an agency model. Well, what, the, what does that mean? Um, you can have an agency that does a lot of promo work and you know commercial work or e-commerce. Um, and then another, another agency model who does beauty and fashion um, or, you know, fashion editorial. And those are going to be two completely different models. Um, and like I said, the f- fashion editorial or fashion models will be, uh, and especially beauty, will be more likely to have better skin and better physiques yeah. rather than a promo model. Even though the promo model is probably also paid to keep a physique, um, a lot of promo models will do a lot of, you know, type of alcohol type things or just a different physique to, it'll be it's maybe a, more muscular. Or it, is, it is a genre. It, it is a genre. It's, it's more glamour type for a promo model than it is for a, a editorial. Yeah. But then again, we've, once you start getting into those echel- the upper echelons of models, especially like main board models with reputable agencies, like you said, it's their job. So it's not that you have to hold them to that standard. They themselves and plus the agencies hold them to that standard because that's what they're paid to do They're paid well to do it. I mean, I had a I had an agency model quote me one time um, And this is a girl that I've been chatting with for a while and she was cutting cutting me a deal And even cutting me a deal was like a hundred and twenty-five an hour which was a fraction of what she made through agency
1: yeah, I am um, substantial. I was a tech um, lighting assistant on one shoot and the budget for the two for two, three days that were there, was just for the models was ten grand and we went to giant management. Um, and at the time I was like, wow, this is astonishing and, and whatnot. But um, now that I look back on it, you know, for a full day's work, yeah, that's fair enough, two and a half grand for the caliber models that we got. Um,
0: yeah, and that, that's a different thing. Those sort of com- campaigns, it's like an actor um they may be booked moderately heavily, depending on but you gotta also look at though if this model commands or this person commands x amount at a minimum, they may only get paid once every three months or once or like if they're lucky in you know, like they're a Miranda Kerr or something like that, and they're actually right at the top end, they're getting booked every other week, but they're also yeah. charging through the nose mm-hmm. and they can do that because it's the exclusivity of them. Um, and people want that. Um, so there's that sliding scale uh, about how much work you get, what you what the sort of work it is. And then, and then the cream on top is, is that if you become the face of something and, and, and you can start commanding that basic royalty money, that insane amount of money. Um, but it happens in all things. Like that happens with photographers as well. Photographers will, um, depending on genre and that, or wedding photographers is a good example, they will find themselves a, a place and point where they, this is their bare minimum. And people will go, that's outrageous. Or well, that's not enough. But you go, my clientele expect to pay X like if I'm lower than that, they either think I'm crazy or they don't think I am of quality. It's mm. crazy that I, I, I've done TV shoots where I've charged six, seven times, oh, hell, even more than that, yeah. my rate, my day rate, just so I could get the job. Now, I don't think that's right sometimes, but I also don't disagree that I like having that much money given to me. Yeah. But, but it, it, yeah, it's depending on industry, depending on who you're talking to and that quality and cost go hand in hand it, it, and the assumption of what that will get you. And if you're not up to that scratch, when you know, somebody hires you for, uh, for an hour for 10 grand or whatever, yeah. you'll find out very quickly and you will not get another job.
1: Yeah, yeah. As, um, it's, there's a lot of people within the industry but it's a lot smaller than what you think. Here in Australia, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's so
0: worldwide, smaller. but yeah, Australia particularly, like the, the Melbourne and Sydney are the, the areas, depending yeah. on what you want to shoot. And everybody talks to each other. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny you said about that whole agency thing um, and when you're doing like projects for like editorials and whatnot, um, I heard one of the best phrases that I've heard from um, a particular photographer was, you either do something for free or you do it at your price. Yeah. Yeah. You never sort of bargain in between because then you become that guy. You don't want to become that guy. You want to leave your stuff at a high standard or an a standard. Don't drop below it, or you do it for free, and it's about getting a value adding image or exposure for what you do. So
2: I find that that's that's very interesting because. I actually have this conversation with quite a few people um, since I work full time and I have a salaried position, I have a lot more freedom in my pricing and I, I like to call it like variable pricing scale. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that, so if, if a, if say a green model, a fresh, fresh face comes to me, um, agency or non agency wrapped, um, depending on, what they say depending what their look is if if I feel it's more towards uh, fashion or glamour or whatever it may be um, I'll actually float my prices up or down um, depending on what I think I can get out of them as far as look and usage of images for my own portfolio and um, I've had actually people agree and disagree with this um, but to me it's I don't do this for a career, and I don't do this for a job. I don't do it to put food on the table, so that's why I have this variable scale. Um, you know, because I've always had I've had people come to me and say, "Oh, you're you're reducing the the um, uh, what is it the value of photographers in the industry by undercutting that's and this and that." You know, the the typical the typical, the typical yeah. stories. I've had but, I've had
1: that happen to me quite a few times. Right, I was, but, I was that,
2: but more often than not, I'm actually charging a lot more just because I don't want to shoot with people. Hmm. Um, people will come to me and I'll look at them and say, "I'm not going to be." Think to myself, "I'm not going to be using a lot of these images," and all of a sudden, I'll add four hundred dollars onto my I was, uh, on my scale.
1: <laughs> I was, uh, this is an interesting story. I was um, I was in Townsville and I shot um, I, I I shot the winners of the Miss V8 um, competition up there. And I was shooting one in particular, and she brought a boyfriend along, and uh, he was discussing my pricing with me, which I was quite open to at the time. And he he ended up saying, "Oh yeah, um, you should be charging more." And I said, "Like, well, I I feel that you know I've I've shot to a decent amount, and the pricing that I'm doing is fair." And he goes, "Like, no, it's it's ruining like the industry because your quality of work is similar to what other people charge more of." And I said, Well, that's not my issue. <laughs> you know. Um, I can sort of charge you what I want. And it turned out that this guy was at the time one of the leading glamour photographers <laughs> and and when I was shooting his, his girlfriend at the time, he was shooting her that night as well. But um um yeah, um, I I said he said, oh, I I did this picture and he showed me one of his images and I'm going like that's but that's this particular photographer. I'm not gonna mention his name at this point. Um, <laughs> And it's good. And he goes like, "Well, that's me." And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." <laughs> but yeah, um, at the, yeah, at the time, I found it very interesting that this guy was telling me to raise my prices so that when he came up to do photos, more people would shoot with him because I was charging less
2: so going back to that it's actually interesting because it was was on this uh, i can't remember it was another photographer who was talking about pricing or something and i kind of threw in my two cents which is probably never a good idea on a facebook uh you know rant or whatever and it was actually a makeup artist that came came out and started blasting me when i said that i quote unquote undercut people and i said okay it's business 101 let's let's talk about it this way um undercutting has a negative connotation to it so I said say call it competitive pricing I offer something of equal or greater value for a cheaper price that's business 101 if you can't beat my prices that's not my fault because I am in a better position with my f- full-time seller job that I can afford to charge ch- cheaper prices now when I say cheaper it's relative because it's still not cheap <clears throat> It's maybe a couple hundred dollars, mm-hmm. compared to top top end well, quote unquote top end photographers in the area. So it's barely less than what they charge, but it's still less. And in a sense, I am undercutting, but um, it's still not something that you can just rock up and say, "Okay, I'm gonna throw out two
1: hundred dollars." I'm still charging much more than that. I believe that your lower value, I mean, your lower price isn't going to... Ruining th- the industry. I think that's exactly right. I'm just saying that one variable isn't going to throw the whole industry down. Like, oh, George, yeah, you yeah. destroyed the photography industry. Yeah, you, but you can see... You're shooting burner. Shoot and burn? Her. Shoot and burn her? Turn, I mean, turn and burn. I don't even know what that
2: means.
0: People, people, people who shoot images and just burn them on CD and hand them off.
1: I like only, 50 bucks. I only
2: shoot JPEG as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different uh, argument for a different uh, oh, That's what God. Bruce does with
2: all his images. All JPEG.
0: <laughs> well, I actually have a little imp inside my camera who draws every image for me.
2: <laughs>
0: if you get that reference, you're a nerd. Uh, but, yeah, um, I suppose I've never really... When people ask me about my pricing and stuff like that, I've always had similar pricing depending on what I've been doing for whatever job because I've been working for myself for so long. Yeah. So, it's, it's sort of funny. Like people go, oh, where did you get your pricing from? And I'm just like, it's just what I need. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not the cheapest. I'm not the most expensive. Right. I know that. Um, at times, I've put my prices up and I've done okay. And other times, it hasn't. But it's just dependent on what I want to do. And I have done your trick as well in different jobs where I've put at some more at outrageous, outrageous price increase because I don't want to do the job. Right. Like, I, I love your, um, your philosophy about booking weddings.
2: <laughs> Let's hear this story. <laughs> My story about the booking weddings. Oh, yeah. So I... I never really wanted to shoot weddings and I've, I've shot one in my whole career as a photographer and it was for a friend who used frequent flyer miles to fly me home. So it was uh, 12 hours of shooting. I, I i'm assuming that's normal for a wedding um and it was a couple thousand images i just gave them all raw images um since they're friends of mine and i'm assuming that's also normal for weddings i have no idea um no bruce is saying subject no. matter expert <laughs> right here as you can tell i'm am not a
0: wedding photographer but i have a basic idea yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, wait till so you hear I'd, for i it. have no idea so yeah so um after that, I realized I'd never want to do another wedding and um, started pricing my wedding prices at about eight grand starting. Um, but I still had people in- inquiring about it, and so I realized that wasn't high enough. So um, I then raised it to twenty, and then one day I just thought, "Well, actually, who's the most expensive wedding photographer?" And I'll double that. <laughs> and I can't remember who who ended up being, but. I remember running across a forum and some guy was saying he was charging $100,000. Um, so, I raised mine to 125000
0: <laughs> for a wedding. So, uh, you, know, you can either book um, Annie Leibovitz for your wedding <laughs> or George. <laughs>
2: Well, that's the thing. You can hire me, and I would just hire Annie and then some <laughs> other video, a, the best videographer you the, can find. Therein lies <laughs> the best way of getting Annie to leave is because George has got to do the contact. Exactly. I'm outsourcing. I'm outsourcing. <clears throat> anyway.
1: But he, he thinks that's how weddings run. <laughs> <laughs> i got to love that part. <laughs> but um, uh, this leads into the situation that I am in. I um, had a client the other day. Um, message me and say um, um, can you shoot my you know eight day year old uh, eight eight day old baby and I said yeah of course I can and uh, like do you shoot babies? So and I'm going like but I do this professionally so yes I shoot everything <laughs> it doesn't okay. matter yeah it doesn't he's
0: used to shooting skin people
1: yeah um, but, uh, you know um, my fundamentals are solid in general photography and retouching um, and so I believe I can sort of shoot everything. I've got good equipment for it, but because of you know, I am not established enough to be to reject any sort of offer. If someone wanted to me to shoot like their monkey in the middle of the street,
0: <laughs> holding in CDs That's not or whatever, a nice way to talk about children. I
1: would. I get a phone with a monkey. Yeah, I, I, I would say there, yes. There's some in the like city park. That. Yeah, right.
2: I can do that for one hundred twenty thousand. <laughs>
1: no dramas oh, whatsoever no. that's my process scheme
2: against.
1: So, sorry
0: 120,000 for a baby shoot or is it a monkey shoot or both
1: the answer is yes regardless <laughs> 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 I'm sure I'm sure I could do I just about anything for 120k <laughs> <laughs> oh no
0: that's peanuts <laughs> 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 alright all right, we're going to leave it here because that's just crazy so all of us are available to be booked um, for 120k or more. Uh, no, no offers less. Um, we do take Visa and Mastercard because we'll go get the facilities. <laughs> American Express, um, attracts a 3.25 <laughs> um, percent booking fee. On a, on <laughs> 120k. <laughs> yes, so they have to take that as well. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so um, I was Bruce Moyle. You can follow me at, um, at Joffrey Street Productions on Facebook and website and BeMoyle on Instagram and Mark.
1: Uh, yeah, you can follow me on social underscore value photography on Instagram or my, uh, social value Mark Shot photography on Facebook or au. Jeez, you guys have a lot of social media.
0: Uh, I, I've got more, but I, I, like Mark's just like, I got... 26 characters here okay. I think can we make it further I'm going to put some underscores in like let's just see how far we social value what, what other words can we stick in here
1: rolls off the tongue quite easily
0: and this is me saying Joffrey Street production so you know yeah Yeah. <laughs> glass ceilings and yeah. all that all right, uh,
1: I'm just
2: uh, George Gagne on Instagram uh, and George Gagne on Tumblr that's it Boring. Yeah, that's it. You need more words So it's social value, George Gagne, yeah. And I do weddings for one <laughs> We're so
0: registering that you can have the team of us. Oh my god. We've got a whole new business plan to work out, guys. Alright. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hope it wasn't too weed and wacky. Yeah.
2: <laughs>